Before we get started, After the Monuments is proud to thank Team Henry Enterprises for their support of our show. Team Henry Enterprises is a black-owned contracting firm specializing in office, retail, medical, multifamily, and higher education construction of all scopes and sizes. In the wake of the George Floyd protest, Team Henry is the very firm contracted by the city of Richmond to take down the Confederate monuments in Richmond and by many other municipalities to remove other Confederate monuments around Virginia and throughout the Southeast. Learn more about Team Henry and how they can help your community rebuild, renovate, or design at TeamHenryENT.com. I'm Kelly Lemon. And I'm Michael Paul Williams. And welcome to the After the Monuments podcast, where we look at events and news about race in a historical context and see how, too often, history repeats itself. Welcome to After the Monuments, a real talk about race with Michael Paul Williams and me, Kelly Lemon. And we are kind of coming in, you know, off I guess, schedule, because sometimes you just got to do that. When the topics are hot and ready to go and relate to already what we're talking about, we are definitely going to break in with it. So let's just get to going, Michael Paul. It is, um, we are wrapping up uh, the month of March and um, headed into April. And this week, we got to witness um, two very prominent black men um have a public disagreement. The slap that has been heard <laughs> around the world. Let's talk, Michael Paul, about really what that means. And a lot of people are still trying to unpack it. But you wrote a column about it um, in, in this week's um, or today. I think it's today or yesterday's uh, Richmond.com. Uh, so let's let's talk, Michael Paul, the slap that was heard around the world. Yeah, I, um, I witnessed it in real time mm-hmm. uh, and was... Shocked, yeah. Like most people, you thought it was fake. Um, I At thought first. I thought it was. I thought it might have been staged yeah. until I I couldn't hear anything yeah. on the TV yeah, and I saw the rage on on um, Will Smith's face. Yeah, and I, I read his lips. Yeah, and I'm like, this isn't fake. Yeah, and I, I was horrified. Mm-hmm. I, I was horrified at the spectacle of two black men mm-hmm. going at it like that, and yeah. two extremely prominent black men going at it like that on that sort of stage in front of the world. It, it just, let's be real about how black men are perceived. All right. Okay. Let's also talk about that. That was a produced black, produced by a black man in all black production yes, staff. Yes. Everybody yeah, was black. Produced, <laughs> produced by, yes. And, and this occurred right before mm-hmm. Questlove was yeah. to be oh. honored for best documentary. Yes. That, uh, the, if you haven't seen Summer of Love. Yeah. Incredible. Yes. Incredible documentary. Yeah. Yes. I mean, he was a lit pipe cinch as far as I was concerned yeah. to, to win that award and mm-hmm. richly, richly deserving. And that, that stole his thunder. Completely. Will gets the Oscar mm-hmm. for King Richard. Mm-hmm. Steals not only his thunder, yeah. but Serena yep. and Venus mm-hmm. and Richard. Yeah. And no one comes away from this whole and 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 that, that I don't think it's defensible. Mm-hmm. As I was saying, how are black men perceived, not just in the United States and globally? Violent. Violent, yeah. And 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 that's 
perception has real consequences when the police roll up on us in a traffic stop. Mm -hmm. It's it's real. It's it's not justified. It's wrong, but it's real. Mm -hmm. And I just thought it was wildly over the top. And I get it. It Mm -hmm. was a bad joke, an insensitive joke, Mm -hmm. a mean joke. She's been very public, um, Jada Smith, about her her alopecia, her her issue Mm -hmm. with hair loss. Yeah. Although, more recently, she seemed to have come to terms with it. Mm-hmm. Will, seen laughing at the joke before he strides up on stage and slaps Chris. Yeah. And let's not get this twisted. If it's someone Denzel size or larger, mm-hmm. someone more eye to eye than Will mm-hmm. over Chris, mm-hmm. he doesn't do that. If it's a white man. Yeah. He doesn't do that. Yeah, yeah. Because, and, you know, he didn't get arrested on the spot, which he could have, you know? Um, It was so many, I watched it too. I watched it live, um, looking at Lupita's face, looking at um, Jada literally, you know, rolled her eyes, Mm -hmm. and that's what Will caught. Mm -hmm. Um, To know that... Chris has made other jokes about Jada. Yeah, yeah, you know, there's, was, there's, there's some history there. It was a lot. It was yeah. a lot to unpack. Um, you know, I also was like, wow, is this fake? I was like, Will's such a great actor. You know, like, is was was this all staged? And, you know, and, until, like, the, the, the very, very, when I saw the tears roll down his face, when I heard what supposedly Den, what Denzel had said to him right after it happened, um, you know, I was like, wow, we just really witnessed, you know, uh, was that a black man protecting his woman? Was it a black man being out of control? Was it comedians getting their just, do- you know, like, all of these Things are now in question. Um, yeah. yeah, you um, physical reaction to a non-physical act like that. Yeah, a, a joke. I mean, anyway, I'm in the comedy club. Mm-hmm. I got licensed to go up on stage and clock some comedian who, you know, it's just, it's just how comedy works, and yeah. it doesn't always go down easy. But there's just, there's just no excuse for that. And and you know, he he knows it now. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, I think his mom was quoted as saying, "That's out of character." Yeah. These these are two people who have built. It, it's ridiculous. Yeah. In the context of of what we're talking about, these are two people who have built their brands on a certain nerdiness. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Chris Rock. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, with his show, his bi- Chris, yeah, his yeah, little biographical yeah. show, yeah, and 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 Will the Fresh Prince, of you know, yeah, it yeah. starts off with him getting twirled yeah. around on the basketball court by yeah. the bullies. Yeah, he's he's the um the safe rapper. Yeah, you yeah. know the main, you know the guy that you know the the rapper you could take home the mom. Yeah. and 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 then he parlays that into. This 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 wonderful comedy show, and then he becomes an action hero, mm-hmm. and then he becomes a biopic hero. Yeah. So he's built his he's not built his brand on being hard. No. Nope. And, and he felt like he needed to prove that. Well, like, and, and and I wonder why he felt that night he needed to prove that, that he was from West Philadelphia, <laughs> born and raised. Yeah. You know, like and, and like you said, if that was Adam Sandler. If that was Will Farrow, uh, I don't even know if I said his last name right, would he have gone on that stage? No, and I think the reaction might have been different too. But Dave Chappelle or or Jamie Foxx, yeah, or yeah. you know, like, no. would you have ran on that stage? No, there is some, probably some simmering kind of resentment at mm-hmm. the past jokes that Chris mm-hmm. has directed in, in, in Jada's 
direction. Um, I, I do think he he's Chris is someone he felt where he could go there. Yeah. And but Sean Combs coming on and basically acting as peacemaker. Diddy. Those of us of a certain age, some, some, some people weren't around yeah. when, you know, back in the 90s when we had the East Coast, mm-hmm. West Coast nonsense that yeah. played out in disastrously violent fashion yeah. with, you know, Team East Coast with with, with Combs and, and the notorious B.I.G. Tell him, Michael. Team Paul. West Coast. I like talking about this stuff. You know, with Suge Knight and, and, and Tupac. Yeah. And, and Tupac and Biggie are dead. Yeah, dead. And how can anyone process what happened the other night with some sort of excuse-making or explanation in that context, mm-hmm. in that framework? You yeah. know, we don't need these beefs. No. Mm-hmm. You know, we can't, we, you know, we can't be talking about Black Lives Matter, and we can't be talking about conflict resolution. Yeah. Yeah. To our young people, yeah, how to resolve conflict when a joke, a bad joke, an insensitive joke is an excuse to go up on stage and do that. No, yeah, yeah. no, you got we. There's got to be self control. There's got to be impulse control. Mm-hmm. There's too much of this out on you know out in the world. Mm-hmm. I was disrespected. Yeah, trivial yeah. stuff. Yeah. I was disrespected. So the solution to my disrespect or being disrespected is for me to shoot someone. Mm-hmm. We we go we go get into the gun violence and police and all of that stuff because I mean I slapped you maybe because I ain't have my piece. Or, you know what I'm saying? Like, because that's what the younger kids are doing right now is the disrespect from them is, you know, I'm I'm pulling out this assault rifle on you at this point. Or it's not over with the slap. If, if, If we're not talking about Chris and Will and people coming to their senses, 50 something year old men yeah. coming to their senses. <laughs> and, 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 you know, if that plays out with different people, the slap, the humiliation mm-hmm. that's produced by that slap. And, and that's what it was. You don't you, you you slap someone. A man slaps another man to humiliate him. Yeah. He felt like Chris had humiliated Jada. Jada. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I thought the hair was rocking. I, I know, like, as a person she, that also did the same thing, like she come looked, on. She yeah, looked she, good. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I get, you know, it's yeah. not by choice, and there's some pain it's behind not, that. Is. But you know, like yeah. I said, she has expressed that she's come to terms with that, and she 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 doesn't care what people think. And Mm-mm. and I thought she, you know, she was rocking it. Yeah, but. He felt his wife was humiliated, mm-hmm. so he humiliated Chris. Okay, yeah. say Chris feels humiliated now and punked in a different what? scenario with different people. That yeah. becomes, it doesn't end there. Mm-hmm. It doesn't end like this one appears to have been resolved. It, it's like, okay, he, he slapped me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go get my piece, and I'm going to do something to him. Mm-hmm. So it's just, we got to be better. Yeah. On all counts, we've got to be better. We've got to be more sensitive. And I get comedy is edgy. Mm-hmm. We, we need to be more sensitive. Um, but we've got to have more control. Talk about comedy. Comedy is sensitive. Comedy is edgy. When we, it seems to me, and, and, and I don't know if you agree or disagree, but that when black comedians have something to say, you know, about anything that is just not norm, race, sex, anything, they can, they get, criticized quickly by, and I'm talking about black comedians, and let's talk Dave Chappelle. Like, let's just kind of... And, and don't think the reaction to this is totally unrelated. Because mm-hmm. um, people are in their feelings about Dave Chappelle, too. There's a yeah. big debate going on about that, too. Now, regardless of where you are on the Dave Chappelle camp, that's, this is what comedy does. Mm-hmm. This is what... It's topical. Um, it's not bland. Mm-hmm. It, it, it creates controversy. It, it creates 
emotions. Mm-hmm. That's what you know. That's been the role of the comic for a minute now. Yeah. You know, it's 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 not all Bill Cosby. <laughs> And and we could take That's that a, another step too. I was about too. to say well, we, we don't have a long because you brought in a whole nother topic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The, the the nice that, comment that I wasn't even thinking about, but but when it deals with anyway. All right, let's talk about how black people right now are grouping this whole scenario into basically like you did that in front of company, like your grandma would say. I can't believe you embarrassed the family. In front of company. How do you feel about that? Like uh, the whole race taking on. Look, I'm, I'm old enough where I'm, I'm fascinated to process reactions that sometimes seem generational. Mm-hmm. You know, I know I know the argument and the feeling of collective shame for the actions of one. Mm. You know, that that's part of that's part of our history as as black people in America. You, I mean, somebody. Shoots up a school. Oh Lord, please don't let him be black. Black, yeah, <laughs> right, right. You know, somebody. <laughs> when the Unabomber was black, we all was like, oh, "What do you mean he's black? That's not what we do." But yeah, we were well, like, the, the, "No, he the Unabomber wasn't." Not the Unabomber. Oh black. my gosh, what's, um, that, what's the what's the guy? What's the mass? Oh gosh, he was shooting everybody. Oh, the, the um the sniper, the sniper, DC the sniper, sniper yeah. not the Unabomber. Yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah, the sniper. Yeah, it's you. you we just we. It's part of our burden mm-hmm. that we have the sins that would be processed as individual flaws in the white community where race wouldn't be any part of it. He just mental health issue or whatever, mm. you know, because I, I get the email, mm-hmm. you know, this is because your people are depraved. Your people have issues. This is it becomes a larger thing. Wow. And. So, you know, there and in the past, there were real world consequences for one black person doing something mm-hmm. um, or the thought that one black person had done something. It, you know, the entire larger community would take that out on us. It placed us at risk. Yeah. So in my generation, those feelings are real. Now, maybe in younger generations, they're trying to shed those that that assumed guilt mm-hmm. and or that. um kind of tangential guilt about events like, you know, that happen, bad things that happen. You know, we, my people, my generation's been conditioned with an uphold the race kind of ethos. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it still has broad application because in many ways, America is still extremely racist. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let me throw this out there. I saw on a post um, where someone said, you know, maybe we do need to get back to a little bit more aggression, right? Would that, how did, how could that have played if Nat Turner was still alive? This but, is but what, aggression, this is a, aggression this, toward this, each other? This is, this, 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 this is, somebody's, this this is, is where I, I get I, lost. Yeah, but let me, let we me, need but, more wait, aggression wait, wait, wait. toward each other? Nat Turner, Nat Turner versus <laughs> In MLK. what planet? <laughs> yeah, Nat Turner versus MLK. If somebody was more aggressive or more violent, in their ways and their thinkings versus the way that MLK came with the peace. Would we be different as a race and a culture? But I just, I, I just, saw it on somebody yeah, else. Don't, don't hold me against it. I just it. think I th- you're talking about aggression against white supremacy and mm-hmm. white racism mm-hmm. when you're talking about, say, the reactions of 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 Nat Turner versus MLK mm-hmm. in different time, different place, just. You know, Will and Smith are two black men going at it. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't. I just don't get the. You know, we we do certainly. If I'm I'm 
trying to hear the argument that <laughs> black men need to be more aggressive <laughs> and violent toward yeah. each other because yeah. that makes no sense to me. Yeah. That there is no empirical data that supports that. Our aggression and violence turned inward is a major problem that yeah. we have to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. They also were talking about January 6th at the Capitol in regards to how um, white America is not embarrassed by it at all. White America um, didn't feel like someone had to speak up and speak out and, and, and give apologies. And for the most part, most of the people that were involved got away with what they did. How do you how do you look at these two scenarios as well? Again, I'm I'm just a I social think, media person yeah, that likes think, to throw these at you. I think the drug of whataboutism is like any other drug. Mm -hmm. It distorts our thinking. Mm -hmm. I, I don't I don't know what January 6 has to do with this. People ought to be embarrassed, mm -hmm. and some people and some white people are, mm -hmm. and and they need to be locked up. But that's a criminal justice issue. And by the way, Will ain't locked up. Yeah. Don't try this at home. <laughs> Black man out on the street because <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. will be locked up. Yeah, yeah. So I just I don't I don't see the application there at all. All right. Are we moving on from the slap heard across yeah. the world? Yeah. How long do you think we'll talk about this? Like, do you think this is going to, you know, sizzle down? Are we going to have lectures and discussions about all of the things I, that I think? I mean, it's you, you have this irresistible mix. And I have talked to people who say I really don't care. Mm -hmm. But you do have this irresistible mix of celebrity and race mm -hmm. and gender mm -hmm. that it, it's it's I mean, come on. Sometimes a, a story is just a story. A juicy story is a juicy story. Yeah. You know, it's a talker. People are going to talk about it and they're, they're not going to talk about it forever. I think I think Will, now that he has apologized, you know, you know, it, it doesn't take much to derail a career. Yeah. That's that's another thing. Yeah. Um, our actions have consequences. How, mm -hmm. how old is that man? That man spent 40 years building up an incredible career mm -hmm. that he tried to take a wrecking ball to with one action. Yeah. You know, yeah. it ruined what should have been the happiest moment of his life. Like, yeah. in life. Now, I'm hearing that he's out dancing with the statue and that, yeah, okay. Yeah. But, you know, when they started talking about taking that Oscar, I'm sure he wasn't feeling like dancing. Yeah, yeah. You know? I, you know, I'm sure he was acting the rest of the night yeah. because there's no way deep down inside that— you're 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 happy with what you did. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, actions have consequences, and 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 here the consequences. He will survive this, mm -hmm. but you know the reality is, in other situations among other people, um, they have consequences that you know where there's no tomorrow. Yeah. And make sure you read all about it in Michael Paul Williams' column at Richmond.com. All right, let's move on. Recently, um, the city of Richmond, well, in the the new budget proposal for the city of Richmond, Mayor LeVar Stoney has put a 10% pay increase for all police and firefighters. How do you feel about that? Oh, let me also state that gun violence in the city of Richmond has skyrocketed over these last, I mean, I mean, since the beginning of the year, but these last couple of weeks, I mean, it is like every other story is either somebody was shot or somebody was killed um, in the city. And then if you are on social media, and I do not understand why these young brothers do this, but the amount of guns that they possess and that are in the city, um, I mean, we're not talking, you know, nines, we're talking, you know, heavy army Guns. Uh, what did H. Rap Brown say? America's viol violence is as American as cherry pie. Yeah. Um, the guns are out there because 
the laws permit the guns to be out there, um, and the culture embraces guns. Um, America is the Toys R Us of guns. Um, you won't find, you know, gun ownership uh, in other nations on par with the per capita gun ownership in America. There's at least one gun for every person. Mm -hmm. And um, we love our guns, mm -hmm. uh, or it seems like a lot of people love their guns. Mm -hmm. So it's a natural, and a lot of those guns end up on the street. So, you know, it's hard to control. You yeah. know, they get stolen. They get, you know, you know, if you have restrictive gun laws in one state, people go across the border and buy guns in some other place. Mm -hmm. um, you know, D.C.'s in that situation. Yeah. Um, so there's that. It's complicated as far as the police piece. We were talking about defunding the police. Yeah. It seems almost insane to contemplate that that was the conversation um, Two years ago, mm -hmm. and now where we where defund the police twenty twenty. <laughs> now it's like fund the police. Yeah, give them raises. Give them raises. Yeah, Joe yeah. Joe Biden in in his State of the Union, like you know, all this money for law enforcement. He's proposing. Mm. Um, you got here in Richmond this situation where you know they're get, they're talking about giving police huge raises in the context of a crime spike. Now <laughs> we can argue clause. Cause and effect. I don't, I don't know how much cause and effect there is. Police, I, I don't know how much police can actually do to stop violence. They just come in after the fact. Yeah. They're like, <laughs> you know, I make a mess. You know, the custodian comes and it cleans, cleans it, it up. up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you yeah, know, that's, yeah. the definition of insanity is like doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different outcome. We're not going to solve the problem of gun violence, of violent crime, by throwing money at individual police officers. Mm, mm. Um, I don't know why and how Richmond's police salaries got so low compared to the other jurisdictions. That's, mm. you know, we're all talking about neglect at all. All of this is framed in neglect. Mm -hmm. You know, $44,000 a year. Yeah, that's a horrible starting wage. Mm. Um, but how did that happen? Yeah. You know, that like the council or, or the mayor not give police a raise for a I mean, it's just, you just now realize that you're way behind the surrounding counties and you're in a, a competitive, um, competitively, um, untenable situation. Mm -hmm. So that's real, you know, saying we're going to address our crime spike by throwing money at law enforcement is at loggerheads with the arguments that were being made in 2020. The, you know, that they had people talking about defunding the police, which really, you know, some people say meant no taking that money and putting it toward front end resources mm -hmm. that will uplift communities and help reduce crime in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. So that police aren't just coming in like a custodian sweeping up the results. Yeah. Um, no, we're just gonna we're just gonna throw insane amounts of money, and the messaging is is totally off. And it it you know it and it all comes down to politics. Yeah. It always it always comes down to politics. No politician's gonna be caught being accused of being soft on crime. Black, white, Democrat, Republican. They they're not trying to go there. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. Lavar Stoney's a politician. Yeah. With ambitions. Mm -hmm. um, Joe Biden's president. He's a Democratic president, but he's trying to get the um, he's trying to hold Congress for the Democrats. Mm -hmm. And so there, you know, it's it gets caught up in politics. But political solutions do not translate into real world solutions. Yeah. They're politics. And nobody's really like I think people were more excited 
that they were getting raises, but not even processing the fact that we, we were trying to defund them, you know, two years ago. Like, finally, they're getting raises. Like, I feel like that's the energy that was, was happening once it was announced. It wasn't like, whoa, whoa, wait, but what else are well, we doing? How are we, you know, solving, like you said, the, the, the preventive conversation? Like, what yeah. are we doing towards that? Yeah, yeah it's, just, it's just reactive, Oh, police salaries are, are too low. We're going to throw a lot of money at them. Well, even in the police department, there's some ambivalence about how this is playing out. Mm-hmm. Um, people are talking about how, you know, wage compression. You know, you give the newcomer a lot of money and then, you know, some of them, well, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this this isn't mm-hmm. playing out, you know, in my paycheck in an equitable fashion. Yeah. Um, you know, there's talk about, you know, maybe having, you know, having to be more incentivized mm-hmm. um, with, with, with training and whatnot. So do you produce better police officers? And, and mind you, the backdrop for all this is, is this video we've all seen in the Family Dollar where, you know, it, it didn't look good to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a freaking Family Dollar. So give the background for those that um, are listening to this nationally. Um, a woman. Um, go, yeah, ahead, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, a woman, yeah. uh, you know, who was suspected of shoplifting. No charges were made, by the way. Mm-hmm. Suspected of shoplifting ended up on the ground in screaming in pain on video with mm-hmm. a police officer on top of her. Yeah. Just not a good look. And then she got suspended from her job, from her city. I think she worked for the city, too, or something she, like that. Um, she's an, she worked for the school district, I Okay, believe. yeah. But, and she but, got suspended, yeah. But <laughs> all, 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 family dollar. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just, you know, again, it goes back to how about de-escalating a situation? Yeah. Especially one that's not involving nonviolence. If something that trivial mm-hmm. can end up with a woman on the ground face down with the police officer on top of you, understand how George Floyd happened. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just we, 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 we it's like we've forgotten everything yeah, yeah. from 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 2020. Yeah. Those masks um, came off and everybody's like, Woo-hoo, yeah, again. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, not, we haven't learned. And that's this America. Yeah. We, we, we absorb a lesson for a hot minute. Mm-hmm. And that's we, it. We, we, we talk about social justice for a hot minute. Yeah. You know, something happens. We abolish the death penalty. And then, then you know. Another general assembly session rolls around, and they try to reverse that. Mm-hmm. You mm. know, we just, we just, we're just, we're stuck on stupid, yeah, and stuck on racist, and stuck on all sorts of things that aren't advancing us, that aren't moving us forward. Yeah, um, you know, whatever can be said about law enforcement and policing, substantial ways. It's not working. You know, we're trying to get some oversight here in Richmond with our civilian review board. I was about to bring it up, Thank and you. Was- and. And, um, good, good segue. <laughs> and, you know, the mayor has put forward something. We had a city council committee put forward something with some real teeth. And we had a mayor put forward something that's real conventional and really leaves a lot of the control of the situation in the hands of the police department. And the problem historically has been police policing the police. Mm, mm. So we we keep doing the same things. Wash, rinse. Spin, repeat. <laughs> we this this is how our public that, poli- that's our dirty laundry, yeah, right? Yep, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's how our public policy functions. Mm. The same tired cycles producing the same unsatisfactory results. Yeah. And whenever we talk about delving deeper and doing something restorative, doing something that might actually uplift communities so that uh, the problems that plague us might ameliorate. Um, those conversations never take off, or when they do, they aren't sustained. Mm. And mm. we've got to get in a space where we can 
have sustained substantive solutions that lead to real change in the way we're doing things. Yeah. All right. Real change came over at the University of Richmond, um, announced officially this week that after protest and um, different um, arguments with the school board of trustees and also University of Richmond has a new president, mm-hmm. um, six buildings are being renamed because they were um, named after um, slave owners or they had racist connotations to them. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah. What, what impact is that having on the university that is outside of the city but claims the city, but are they really well living Richmond? <laughs> well, I mean, I'm, I will say I was delighted to see that. Yeah. Um, um, in this case, it was justice delayed, ultimately wasn't justice denied. Um, you know, we had the situation, we haven't talked about this, out at Montpelier, mm-hmm. um, James Madison's homestead, mm-hmm. um, uh, kind of the, the modern, James Madison's version of Monticello mm-hmm. um, and Jefferson, where um, the descendants of the enslaved were in a power-sharing agreement um, on the board there, and mm-hmm. and and... and Montpelier reneged on that to mm. the disgust even of some of their staff members. Um, mm. So, again, backsliding. You know, we, we had this moment and then we backslid. Mm. So it, I, was, I was heartened to see that at least in this situation at the University of Richmond, um, they came through. Yeah. I, I, didn't, I didn't think it was going to happen, but they came through. People were finally listened to. Mm-hmm. I mean, this was a, this was, um, a situation where um, the majority— um, the substantial majority of the students and the faculty desired this outcome. Mm-hmm. And it was resisted initially. And they have finally um, done the right thing. Yeah. Yeah. Six buildings. Three, I mean, like, it, it, and again, the students, I think, the fact that they listened to the students um, and even hearing from the black students at the University of Richmond, um, they were going through things before this where they just felt like they had yeah. no place. Um, there was very blatant use of the N word, um, you know, to these students. Um, and so, yeah, like you said, it, it, it's, it's glad we're glad that some of the rights are wrong. It did state, though, that they're using this as an example or a way to now rename everything. Like they're using it as a as a as a policy to put in place of how they're naming anything henceforward. Everything we engage in as a society demands reinterrogation. When we stop reinterrogating our policies who we choose to honor in public spaces, the way we go about criminal justice, we stop growing. Yeah. That's the opposite of progress. Mm-hmm. We, we've, we, I think reinterrogation is always healthy. I like it. That's, that's how we're going to end this. This was just a quick one. We were getting together to chat. Anything else going on in the world that you want to make sure that we talk about right now that relates to anything that you're writing about, anything that we should look forward to coming up oh, that, you could, that you could share? Well, or keep it a secret, cause well, I mean, there, there's just so much going on. I'm going to be writing about um, a fascinating um, exhibit exhibition. I wouldn't even call it an exhibition because St. Um, Paul's Episcopal Church in downtown Richmond is not a museum, mm-hmm. but it has a lot of history. And it was a church that at one time was deemed um, the Cathedral of the Confederacy mm-hmm. because of its history. Um, Jefferson Davis. Um, Robert E. Lee sitting in his pews. A lot of Confederate 
uh, iconography. And um, this parish, um, which is still um, majority white, um, began interrogating its history after Dylan Roof walked into that Charleston church and killed nine mm. black parishioners. And this is one of the places where they've landed, where they uh, have um, an African-American artist, um, Janelle Washington, uh, a paper cutter who is enormously talented based on what I saw. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is Lenten season and um, kind of in a version of the 14 stations of the cross. She has 14 paper cut panels, if you will, that describe the history of the church, mm. um, the racially troubled history of the church, which is kind of a mirror for the racially trouble, troubled history of Richmond and Virginia and America. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, 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 she did a splendid job, and I'm going to write about that. Sounds good. You can find Michael Paul Williams' columns at richmond.com. And thank you, as always. We, 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 we are going to come to you soon with education, <laughs> health, and then um, we're going to get into marijuana. Um, but is religion on our list of topics? It ought to be. We're going to add it in sports as well. Thank you for listening to After the Monument, a real talk about race with Michael Paul Williams and Kelly Lemon. We'll talk to you next week. After the Monuments is a Virginia Video Network production and produced by Matt Pacilli, Michael Paul Williams, and me, Kelly Lemon. Technical direction and editing from Bill Barksdale, executive production from Paul Farrell, Diane Salvatore, and Paige Mudd. Will Royer provides studio support. Our artwork is by Krishna Mathis. I'm Kelly Lemon, and we'll see you next week on After the Monuments.